The nativity story is really one of those Bible stories that we're very familiar with. We can almost recite it verse by verse, especially thanks to Linus and the Peanuts Christmas special, right? But sometimes because things become so familiar to us, we tend to miss out on how amazing the story really is. And when we do that, then we fail to miss the message that God has for us within those stories. But in each person in the nativity story, there's a message for us. In Joseph's story, we see courage. We see how he did the right thing. He did the God thing. Despite the mocking that was ahead of him, he chose the right thing. And then we looked at Mary's story and her story, her story that's all about hope. She had her hope in the character of God, the goodness of God. She didn't know what was ahead, but she knew she had a God that she could trust. She knew she had a God that loved her, and that's where she put her hope. And the shepherds, sometimes we forget about those shepherds, but in their story, we see such joy. It was through their obedience to the commands of the angels that their joy became relevant. It was the sharing of the good news of Jesus Christ after they had met the baby. That's when they found their joy. That's when it came real to them. We see that joy comes unexpectedly. And sometimes joy comes in ways that just we don't think it's joy. Because we want joy to be free of stress. We want joy to be worry-free, hardship-free. But sometimes joy isn't like that. Because joy is really all about the presence of God in our lives and tapping into that. No matter what you're in the middle of, that's where our joy is. Now, in each of these stories, the journey started with fear. Every one of those stories, the angel said, do not fear. Every journey starts with fear. Fear's a, a good emotion for us. Because it shows our dependence on our Father. But sometimes our fear, we let it take over. Sometimes we let fear control us. That's not godly. That's not what God has for us. Imagine how different the stories would have been for Joseph, for Mary and the shepherds, had they just stayed frozen in their fear. Had they not listened to, do not fear, the Lord is with you. Because the Lord is always with you. Always. There are blessings on the other side of our fear. We just have to recognize that God is there to guide us through it. He may not take it away, but he's there to guide you through it. And the blessing is on the other side. So now we're going to turn our eyes to the wise men. There's a Reader's Digest version of the wise men. They actually call it, if the wise men were wise women, what would have happened? (laughs) They would have asked for directions from the local villagers rather than going to King Herod and arousing all kinds of suspicion. They would have arrived on time, and they would have helped deliver the baby. 
And then they would have cleaned the stable and they would have brought a casserole for everybody. But it's the wise men. So let's turn our focus to the wise men. There are lots of myths about the wise men. There's lots of mystery around them because scripture doesn't tell us many details. They usually are in our nativity scenes, but history tells us that they didn't really get to Jesus till he was over a year old. Their journey was so hard and so long, it took them over a year to get to Jesus. So they weren't really at the manger the way we like to portray them. We like to believe that there were three of them, but scripture doesn't say there were three. It says there were three gifts. And so we naturally say, oh, well, three gifts, three people. That makes sense, right? Scripture doesn't necessarily say that. And scripture tells us that they were magi. They were wise men. It doesn't say they were kings. We like to think that they were kings coming to worship Jesus. Scripture's not clear on that, but it does say they were magi. And back then, the magi were the wise ones. What made them wise? What can we learn from their story that says, I need wisdom. I want to be wise. So what from the story of the wise men can we find that says, this is wisdom? First thing they did, they were seeking Jesus. Verse 1 said, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? The first sign of wisdom is seeking God first above all else. We can't do it ourselves. We need him. We need to seek his will. Jesus himself said in Matthew 6, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. See, this trips us up, though. We come to the Lord with what we want. We come to the Lord with our our likes and our preferences, rather than the other way around. See, we need to be approaching God with open hearts, ones that seek his will and his purpose for our lives. But so often we say, Lord, I want this to happen. Please make it happen. He says, no, you really don't want that to happen. No, that's not what you really want. But the wise men, they came just seeking, seeking the king of the Jews. They left their homes, their families. They traveled hundreds of miles. Remember, it took them over a year to get there. But they were seeking. And then their journey takes them to the palace of King Herod who they ask about this king of the Jews. Who is this king of the Jews? Where is he? And so Herod calls his chief priests out. And they come out with a report. And they recite scripture from Micah 5.2. They recite it word for word. There's a king that is coming to Bethlehem. And yet only the wise men recognize that this was the king of the Jews. Herod didn't see it. The chief priest didn't see it. Herod was blinded by jealousy. He was paranoid. The chief priests were just indifferent. To them, it was just, oh, here are the facts here. That's it. 
It had no impact on them whatsoever. Only the wise men had their eyes open because they were seeking. Seek and you will find. And that's what the wise men were doing. They were seeking and so they saw. They saw the hand of God. They recognized that God was leading them. Even though they didn't know the destination, they were prepared to step out. How are you seeking Jesus today? Do you see the work of the Lord around you? Do you see his hand in your circumstances? Because when you truly see and grasp what he's doing around you, that's when you can worship him. And that's the second thing that brings us wisdom. Worship. The wise men worshiped Jesus. It says, we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. That was their whole purpose for seeking. They weren't looking to get something from Jesus. They were looking to worship him. That's the only reason they traveled all that distance, so they could worship. Sometimes we have trouble just coming to church on Sunday. They traveled hundreds of miles just to worship. If we're followers of Christ, if we want to have godly wisdom, we must first seek him and then bow down in worship of our king. We have to look deep inside our hearts and ask ourselves why we come here. Why do you come to sit on Sunday morning? What is your purpose for being here? Is it to see friends? Is it to catch up? Is it to just check it off your list of things to do? Is it to say, oh, I'm a Christian, I go to church, so there I am. It's part of my routine. I mean, those are good things, but that's not why you should come. That's not your only purpose. Your only purpose is to give him praise and thanks, to get on your knees and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for who you are. That's why we come. That's why we need to be here. It's all about worship. You want wisdom? Seek him. Worship him. Then the third thing the wise men did, they sacrificed for Jesus. When they bowed down and worshipped, they opened their gifts. And they were extravagant gifts. They were very rare, very costly. They gave him gold. Gold was only for kings. In that gift, they recognized This is the king of the Jews. We're giving him gold because he's the king. Gold was the first and the best they had. Are we doing that? Are we offering God our first, not the leftovers? Are we offering him the best that we have? Then they gave him frankincense. Frankincense was used in the temples when they worshiped Lord. It was in worship of the deity that they used frankincense. So the gift of frankincense was all about this is God in human form. Wow. They gave him myrrh. It was a costly spice. It was used in burials. It was used for healing. And they gave him that as well. Very, very rare, very costly. But it was a sign of the sacrifice that he came to make for us. Seek 
worship, sacrifice. That's the path to wisdom. Then the next thing they did was they obeyed and they submitted to the Lord. Verse 12 said, And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. God warned them not to return to Herod. The wise men had a choice to make. Were they going to listen to the voices around them? Or were they going to listen to the voice of God? We face the same question every day. Do we choose to obey the forces around us that are trying to put the light of Christ out of us? Or do we turn our face up to him? Say, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to obey your voice. Because the world around us wants to shut us up. The world around us trying to blow that light out. And sometimes we lean in that direction because we say, oh, I kind of like what they're saying. And God's saying, no, I'm over here. I'm over here. Hear me. Do you hear me now? Listen to me. We need to choose God's voice. That's where the wisdom is. You know, there would have been great fortune for the wise men to go back to Herod. He would have given them treasures upon treasures. But they chose God first. It may have been an unfamiliar route. It would have been less convenient and more difficult. It may have been even more uncomfortable for them. More costly, more risky. But they chose the wisdom of God. Do any of you use GPS on your phones? Anyone? I use GPS all the time. All the time. This one particular time, I was driving in my car. I had my GPS on my phone. And I had it on. And it was a familiar area for this part of my trip. And so I decided that I wanted to go straight. My GPS started yelling at me, turn left, turn left. I said, no, I don't want to turn left. I want to go straight. And so I kept going straight. And so then it's recalculating. You need to take a U-turn. No, GPS, I don't want to take a U-turn. I want to go straight. Turned out my trip took twice as long because it turns out that my GPS was actually connected to the traffic patterns. And so my GPS was trying to alert me, don't go that way, don't go that way. It's going to take you a long time. There's a traffic jam. Go left. And I was insistent that I knew the right way. You know, that's what God does. He sees ahead the things that we can't see. He looks ahead. He sees the roadblocks. He sees the detours. He can look ahead and say, don't go that way. I'm warning you. Don't go that way. But sometimes we're so focused on what we want. We say, no, I don't want to hear that. I want to go this way. And he says, I'll be there to pick up the pieces, but that's going to hurt you. Listen to me. Listen. I've reminded my church this morning. They heard the same message. I reminded them of how we ended up here in Hollywood with all of you. We had actually been told from the people that we were renting from, okay, we're closing this building down. You need to find a new place. You have two months to find a new place. Oh, my goodness, how are we going to do that? And so we prayed and we prayed and we prayed, and, 
and a place came open, and it was a storefront. And we were excited. We were so excited. We went, we saw the place, we prayed over this place, and it was going to be our space. For over a year, we had been renting from other churches, and finally, God was going to give us our own place. We were so excited. We were like, thank you, Lord, this is, this is wonderful, this is wonderful. And then he said, no. He said, no, you're going somewhere else. You're taking a left turn. You're not going straight. You're going this way. And so, First Church of God was here. And I put in a call to Pastor Neil. And you could ever talk to, he was welcoming, he was warm, and he said, come, meet me. Come meet my family. And so we did. And we said, but Lord, we don't want to do that. We want our own space. We want to go this way. And God said, no. He said, I want you right there. And that's what he did. He closed every single door for us, and this was the only door that was open. And so here we are. I don't know God's plan, but I know he has one. And I've reminded my church that while we're here, God has a plan, and we're going to reach those people out there. I'm going to tell you one more thing. I didn't want to share this, but God's telling me, you better share this. God told me to pick up my family, pick up your family, and you move to that community. Because that is where I want you to minister to the community. You pick up your family, and you move to Hollywood. And I said, no. I said, I like my place. I live 30 minutes away from here. And I told him no. I'll be honest. I told him no, Lord, I don't want to. I like where I am. And I told nobody. I didn't tell even my husband what God had told me. And then one day I was meeting with Pastor D. You all know Pastor D. Mueller. And I was just sharing with her what Sawgrass was excited about, our plans, our vision. And she looked at me and she said, so when are you moving here? Oh, when am I moving here? How did you know that? I said, I haven't told anybody that. How did you know that? She said, because there's a passion. God does something and and it can't be hidden. And so my husband and I have already started looking at houses in Hollywood because God has a plan. He has a plan here. I don't understand it, but I know that there's a plan. And that's what wisdom is. It's seeking him. It's worshiping him. It's obeying him and submitting to him. And then what takes place is a change. And that's what happened to the wise men. They were changed. They went back a different route. That doesn't mean they just went a different path. That means that they were changed. They were in the presence of Christ, and they were changed. They didn't go back as the same people. After they worshiped Jesus, they couldn't return the same way. Because when you meet God, you're never the same, ever. You cannot come face to face with the king and go back to the way you were. It doesn't happen. But if you want godly wisdom, you must be open to change. God has plans that are bigger than anything you could imagine. And if we aren't open to a new way of doing things, 
if we only want what's familiar, if we only want what's comfortable, we'll never experience that purpose that God has for us, that big plan that God has for us. If we just keep saying, no, Lord, I want it my way. No, Lord, I'm comfortable here. No, Lord, I don't think that's it. I want to go this way. Remember, the same signs that were there for the wise men were there for Herod. They were there for the chief priests as well. They had the same knowledge about the coming of the Savior. But only the wise men responded in wisdom because they were seeking, because they worshipped, because they obeyed and submitted, because they allowed God to change them. Herod chose to ignore the obvious work of God. He let the fear of change control him, and he ended up missing the treasure that was Jesus Christ. So which of the people in our story this morning do you think you're most like? Are you like Herod? Just happy to go along with the celebration of Jesus. As long as it doesn't inconvenience you. Because once it inconveniences you, forget it. It's, it's out there. Or until someone says, you know what, you need to change. Oh, no, 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 I don't want to change. So I'll just kind of go along on my part of the Jesus celebration, but not that. Or are you like the chief priests? They knew the scriptures. Word for word, they knew the scriptures. But they never let it take hold of them. It never took root in their heart. They never believed. They never worshipped. They just knew. They just had the knowledge. Have you ever just gotten around to just say, Lord, I'm here. Take my life. It's all of me for you. Maybe you're like the wise men. You may not have all the answers, but you're wise enough to know that there's one who's worthy of our worship. You're wise enough to see God's hand in every circumstance around you. So you have the joy, you have the peace. Both Herod and the wise men had knowledge, but only the wise men had wisdom. See, there's a difference, you know, Intelligence is knowing stuff. That's a good thing. But wisdom is, is knowing how to use what you know. It's like having a tomato. You know that a tomato is a fruit. But you're not going to put a tomato in a fruit salad. That's wisdom. You know better than that. That's the difference. It's not just knowing the word. It's not just knowing the verses. It's how do you put them into practice. Only the wise men were seeking. Only the wise men worshipped. Only the wise men sacrificed. Only the wise men submitted to the Lord. And only the wise men were changed from their experience with Christ. We can try things our way. We can argue with our GPS and say, no, I'm going this way. But God's always going to have his way. Always. But if you ignore his way, it's going to hurt. There's always, look at Jacob. Jacob wrestled with God. God still got his way, but Jacob limped for the rest of his life. 
Isaiah stepped into the presence of God. Woe is me. This is the king. He was forever changed. Job questioned God over and over about the suffering he was going through. He was challenging God until God appeared and spoke to him. Job was humbled. He was speechless. He covered himself in ashes, saying, Lord, I had no idea. I had no idea how great you were. Are you seeking the Lord? Are you worshiping him? Are you sacrificing your best for him? Are you willing to change for him? Are you willing to allow him to come in and change you? God's purpose is to transform us. It's to help us become more like Christ. But if we aren't open to new paths, if we aren't open to new directions or new ideas, how will we ever see his plan and purpose fulfilled in our lives or in our churches or in our communities out there? That's the path to wisdom. You are seeking wisdom. Seek him first. Worship him. Pray to him. Sacrifice your best for him. And obey. Most likely, there's something in your life that you're trying to figure out. He's already told you what to do. You're just arguing with him. I do it all the time. It's just a human nature. But that's when we have to be on our knees saying, Lord, I want to know. Take me out. Give me you. I need to know. I need to know what to do. Heavenly Father, Holy, Holy Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for our time this morning to celebrate you, to worship you, and to praise you for just who you are. You are the I am. That means that you are our peace, you are our joy, you are our love, you are all to us. You are Lord of all. We leave this place humbled, Father, humbled by your greatness, by your sovereignty. May we continue to seek you. May we continue to worship you, sacrifice our best for you, obey you in all things. And may we be open for your change in us, In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen.